on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Internet, uh, this is Andy Richter, and you are listening to the three questions. And I am very excited to have uh, a friend of mine. I think I can call we we're friends, aren't we? We're friends, man. We're, we're sort of like more uh, online, you know. Like I know you more, but that's, that's way everything, I guess. Yeah, but also I'll say that, like, I mean, that's where we definitely like built a rapport, really. Yeah. But yeah. also, I'll say. That like, yeah, most friendships live in some form of like a phone or a computer. Like it's we're true. not seeing our friends every day. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. No, no, it's okay. Well, it's it's Yasser Lester for anyone. Hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or, who did, or who just like, I don't know, blindly clicked play. But, you know, it's you should, weird. Maybe don't put my name in the, the little description. Just oh, like, we'll to. just. Uh, I want people to listen. They're not going to just listen for me. Uh, you know? They will. No. They will. Um, I will. <laughs> I mean, they I will. Got, I, I will. No one gets me. I'll listen blindly. <laughs> I have I have only so many family, list, list, or family members listening to this, <laughs> which is why I can't talk about any of them because they all listen. Oh, oh, God. It's a deadly a combination. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next podcast, I'm doing anonymously so I can really <laughs> spill shit about everybody. Uh, so how are you? Where are you coming from? Your house? Oh, yeah. I'm coming to you live from uh, Glendale, California. Oh, no. I'm in Burbank. Look at We're us. We're so close. <laughs> uh, yeah, we moved up here during the pandemic, which was crazy. Like but, what, what? when? What time of year? Dude, like what, so what month? We got we were in West Hollywood. We got uh, like in a one bedroom in West Hollywood. And then as quarantine hit, my girlfriend, Chelsea Devontes, as you mm-hmm. know, um, she was like, we need to get a dog. And I had been saying for, she was saying that before all of this. And I was like, yeah. we don't need a dog in a one bedroom apartment. It's just cruel to the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Quarantine hit. She's like, I got us a dog. And I was like, okay, lost that battle. <laughs> uh, then, yeah. then our neighborhood just started getting wild. Like I'll say this, and I don't know if we have any West Hollywood listeners, but like, Y'all aren't taking this seriously. Like, no one's wearing a mask. Everyone's having parties and stuff still. Yeah. So it was already, like, popping off crazy. Then, you know, there was protests for George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. And uh, our neighborhood was kind of, like, ground zero for, like, people being like, we need to set things on fire and rob sneaker stores. Which, I will say, I agree with both. Like, do both. But uh-huh. also, I do want to sleep. 
Now you're from Georgia. Yeah. You're Southern. Yeah. From Marietta, wow. right? Is that it? Marietta, Georgia, boy. Yeah. What, I'll what say this. Go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. You say it first. You say what okay. you're going to say. I was going to say we moved a lot. Marietta, it's like, and, and p- kids who move a lot, I feel like, have this. Because, like, born in Miami, lived in Cincinnati, then, like, Fresno, Oakland. Oh, okay. And we, like, settled. And so it's like Marietta is in my bones. Like, Marietta is the place that raised me. I see. And it's where I'm from quote unquote right but we moved a lot but it's like where you know everything that defines who i am is marietta and uh and what age were you there from uh got there when i was like 10 okay and left when i was 21 so it's technically you know like at this point i've actually lived in la longer than i was in marietta but it's like from 10 to 21 are the most important you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years of your Isn't life. that weird though? When you figure out like you were you're away from somewhere longer yeah. than you were there. Yeah, yeah. It's like really it's, weird. It's like because when, when I think about it, like you know, like I'm from Chicago, and then then it's like, yeah, but you know what? You haven't lived in Chicago for like right fucking twenty five years, yeah. almost thirty years. What yeah. the fuck are you talking about? You're from Chicago, yeah. you know? Like a, a person. A person born when you left is like a 25-year-old person. Yes. Like, it's yes. like such a crazy thought to have. And I think about that, too. I'm just like, dang, like, someone born the day I got to L.A. is driving a car right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like insane. Yeah. And, it, yeah. well, and then you, and then it's like, you don't think of yourself as like an Angelino. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It took me years and years before I was like, no, I really need to admit to myself that I live in Los Angeles. Well, like, here's my This question. isn't just an extended trip, you know? Yeah. But here's the question for you. Do you talk to people, not family, but do you talk to people from back home that aren't not, family? Not much. Okay. See, I Very... still talk to like my Georgia people. Oh, okay. And that's what does ground me in the sense of like, oh, I guess I am an Angelino. Because it's like. I'll be like Beyond Burgers, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, we don't, we don't have smoothies in Georgia like that. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the same. It's like uh, with, with certain food things too that you just get used to here. Yeah. That people there, you know, like that. And I mean, my my, it's not like my family are a bunch of hicks. They're but they know right, stuff. Yeah. But then, but there is stuff that they're just like. You know, you'll be like uh, Korean food, and they're like, "What? What is that? Right, what is right. Korean?" You know, like, yeah, okay. Um, you can't be like, "Oh, I could go for some Persian food right now." Yeah, yeah. You're like who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and the people, and also too, most of my Chicago people that I still am in contact with are are not in Chicago. They're here. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, because it's like I had. Well, like high school people, I I rarely speak to. There's just been so yeah. much passage of time and stuff, and yeah. and uh, and I'm from a small town and was and am not a small town person. So I kind of was like, I was glad to get out of there. I mean, yeah. it's a nice place full of nice people, but it just was like stifling, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um, now you're. Uh, your dad is Palestinian, correct? Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, Palestinian. Yeah, and your and your and um, so that's also your uh, your membership in Hezbollah. That's because of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, here's the thing: is that like I, 
you know, for the Jewish people listening, their birthright is, you know, they get to go to Israel, right. Jerusalem, they see all the stuff. Right. Yeah, hook up with t- dudes. Yeah, hook yeah, up yeah. with dudes. All the things. Uh, for a Palestinian, it's you're, you're Hezbollah. They're just like, you're, <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter where you are, you're in, baby. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Uh, is, Hez- is it Hezbollah or is it Hamas? I, I think I, it's Hamas, yeah, right? Yeah, Hezbollah. I, Wait, think Hezbollah yeah, what is more, is I think Hezbollah is more Lebanese. Uh, Lebanese, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well. Um, what, look, what do we, we go, know? Well, it's like we go with the riff, regardless, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. And now you they ever, can't come after us because we're ignorant. <laughs> do you ever Do you ever get, like, uh, like speaking of ignorance, like double ignorance against you as a Palestinian and a black man? Well, you know what's cr- – I'll say this, like – Or is black just raised. all anybody sees? Well, here's the, here's the thing. So yeah. in Georgia – because also I wasn't – you know, my dad left when I was tr- truly, like, six hours old he was oh, just like really? ah not for me uh which <laughs> well, thank god <laughs> yeah but, yeah but i mean uh, that's got it that's got to well we'll talk about that later but that's yeah, got we'll that's got to like that's got to imprint on you like you know like just that kind of <sighs> we'll we'll talk about it okay okay yes and no but okay. uh so in georgia like, and also just when you're a kid like it's not like kids don't see the nuance of it you know so there's like black yasser you know like in georgia it's like the black boy you know yeah yeah and then i got to la and people were like well you look like you might be black and daisy of some kind or perhaps are you from uh kurdistan or you know like and they had all and i was just like look i don't know what you mean like yeah yeah mom is black dad according to him is palestinian like (laughs) i could be wrong if he was if i found out tomorrow he was brazilian i'd be like all right, okay. you know, like, that also makes sense. Like, right, right. who knows? And you know it doesn't. And it doesn't change a goddamn thing. Literally for, yeah, nothing, yeah. except that I'd be like, all right, do I eat more plantains? Like, what <laughs> is that even the right food? Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I truly have no. And to the imprinting of it, it's like so. Me and my brother and sister all have different fathers, mm-hmm. and like for uh, a set of circumstances clearly like it didn't work out with my mom between any of them she shot all of them i'm just kidding you imagine uh-huh. it's like she shot each one of her husbands uh accidentally but, uh, <laughs> um but i'll say that like for me and like it could be a different experience for my brother or my sister but for me i I'm not someone who ever misses what they don't have truly yeah. like even when i was like at my you know, broke is like homeless sleeping in a car when I was here. Like, I know a lot of people were like, if I get this one job, it'll change everything. And it's like, I always felt that way. But I also was like, look, if I don't get whatever this thing is, be it a job on TV or a job literally at, you know, Best Buy where I worked, I've always felt like <clears throat> in this moment and this station in life, I am surviving. Am I crushing it? No, but I'm surviving and I do know I can survive like this. So yeah. if thing, a thing, a nebulous thing doesn't come through, I'm okay because I know I can handle this. I don't want things to get worse. Right. You know, I don't want to have to keep climbing uphill to be back at zero, but it's like, okay, I know I can be okay living like this. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I felt about a dad. I'll also say that our mom truly, and I know people say this about single moms all the time, but it's just phenomenal. I mean, like she really, you know, 
worked multiple jobs, but still like, like, because you know, especially being in this like pandemic thing, it's like, you know, it's now it's like, <clears throat> we do laundry and we cook and we clean and all the things that like, you know, and this is sound very LA, but it's like all the stuff that it's like, you know, you try to, you know, it's like we were ordering a lot of food before all this and like right. very rarely cooked or like, you know, you'd have someone else try and pick up and do your laundry or clean the place once a month or whatever. Right, right. And all that stuff is gone. And it's like, there's just two of us and we're adults and I am exhausted by yeah. it, truly. And so like, I'm like, how did you do it? She was just like, I was tired constantly. She was like, I yeah. slept maybe four hours, but it's just like to keep you guys alive. That's just like what I had to do, you know? And so yeah. like, so she really was just like a superwoman, you know? And so in that, and she was also very much, she's like a very much a free spirit, a free creative spirit, our mom. And because of that, I never felt stifled in any way because when you're not that she was like, do whatever you want, like go do drugs and stuff. But she Mm -hmm. was like, explore, you know, like get out there and like, I can't help you financially. But if you want to move to L.A., move to L.A., you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to travel, go travel again like that, that. Those are your choices. And when you have someone like that in your life that like they can't support you with money, but they are supporting you emotionally you don't ever feel like there's a hole, A, because you never had it, so you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. And B, it's just like, this is all I would have ever wanted anyway. It's just like, yeah. I, the only reason I guess I would have wanted a dad is that I truly believe that our physiology is set up as men to like grow taller and get more hair because we're competing with the physiology of another man in the house. <laughs> so and you're like, short and hairless now? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I have hair, but like, <laughs> but like, I, I can't grow a beard. Like, yeah, I just I have like either. wispy hair. But yeah. my little brother, granted, we also have different dads, but my little brother Isaiah, who you also know, yeah. just through online stuff or whatever, because I think he was competing with my physiology is taller than me, has, like, better muscle structure, and can grow a full beard. And, like, it could just be the genetics of his dad. I think but it's I'm the almost, I'm almost convinced that, like, his body knows to compete with me. And, like, that's where a lot of it came from. I think he could have grown up in a convent and he would still be <laughs> the same height. And, you know. I don't know. And have know. the same beard. I don't, like... I, I mean, I, I, I'm in no room to talk because although I did have an older brother, I have a brother that's yeah. three years older, but okay. I didn't, you know, I didn't, my dad left or, you know, my, I shouldn't say my dad left, but I mean, he was in my life, but right. you know, twice a year kind of, and you know, yeah, Sunday yeah. night phone conversations, that was it. Right. But uh, I did have an older brother, but yeah, I'm, I'm like a big fucking baby. I, you know, I'm, a, and I get more hairless. Like I used to have some hair on my legs and now like I'm in my fifties and it's all like de- leaving me. I look down, I have motherfuckers at the goddamn farmer's market, like just about a month before this all happened. I'm standing in line waiting for a pupusa and I hear behind me some guy like, do you shave those legs? And I think, and I think this must be someone I know. Goddamn right. fucking stranger. But I, I, he must have known that I like recognized me from TV and thought right. this, this guy likes to be thing. insulted. Yeah. And I was yeah. just, you know, and I said, I said, no, it's called old age. And, uh, you know, and thanks for pointing it out in front of a bunch of fucking strangers, dude. You know, I, but, but that's my dream a little bit. Like, I wish, like, clearly let me keep the hair on top of my head. But yes. like, 
if the hair on my face fell out tomorrow, I would be fine. I don't oh, want yeah, to my eyebrows. Yeah. I can't be an eye one of those guys without eyebrows. You could but draw like, on. I mean, I guess. I just yeah. don't like. I'm so sick of shaving because it's not enough to be shaving every day. Yeah, but it's enough that I have to do it. I'm and right like, fucking there with you. Why? I can the most I can get. Well, you can even see like right now. Yeah, yeah. the most I can get is kind of like rabbinical student like that's the the <laughs> best beard i can grow and it's oh. still and it just always and it just looks you know it just it's sad looking and i'm not yeah. but it's like but i still have to shave it because i can't like do that like you actually can get away with a little more stubble your stubble kind of looks better than like but i don't know whether it's because my buddy. hair is light on light skin and it's- now it's so fucking gray. Like Let's the, see, this just grows longer. It doesn't grow in thicker. So yeah, then it's yeah, just yeah. like what looks like cool stubble then just becomes like, I don't know, it looks like a seven pipe cleaners yeah, like, yeah, yeah. kind of growing out of my face. It's disgusting. People will, but, people, are there people out there, are hairy people out there though listening to this and, and saying, shut the fuck up because I can't imagine like the beard that needs to be shaved by 1 p.m., you know, like those guys. Yeah, you know? but that's also kind of like, it's stupid, but it also is kind of cool. Yeah, to me, like I don't know, because it's like the, so the opposite of like it's like would you rather shave your beard every day at one p.m. or just be like a bald guy like with no eyebrows? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> <laughs> uh, really I think there's an in between that we can. No, yeah, those yeah. are the two choices for every dude. <laughs> Now in the in the age ranking, where are you? Are you the oldest? Are you the Yes, the, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. I'm, and then is Isaiah 30, second? Yeah, I'm thirty six, Isaiah's thirty four, or sister Brittany is thirty two. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a nice even, you know, sort of sort of uh spread there. Yeah, it's and, truly as if my mom like had a baby, was like, I'm gonna wait a year to like see if a guy is like nice to me. Then, like, meets a guy, gets pregnant, and she's like, I don't like him either. You know, like, and that was kind of her vibe. Like, let my body rest for a year. And yeah, then yeah. What. So it's like we're all a year and nine months apart. Yeah. Did she, and and did she, did anybody stick around for a while? Like, so, I mean, like, here's the thing is that, like, kind of, but not, I mean, like, no one of, like, major importance. Like, yeah. she was engaged to a guy when I was, like, a freshman in high school. But he yeah. had a ponytail, so it's like a black dude with a ponytail, which is like that's wow harsh. Yeah, like Samuel L. Jackson and in, in Jackie yes. Brown kind of yeah yes. yeah yeah like and but even like that same like auburn color really like, wow yeah dude it was it was wild like I and I'll say but also it's like when you grow and you know this. But it's like when you grow up without a dude in the house and then a dude shows up and oh, it's like, yeah. we're going to do the dishes. It's like, nigga, no, we're not. You're going to do the dishes. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I do not have time for this. Like, you missed all of the parts where I would have earned your, yeah, know, I, you would have earned respect or like any sort of disciplinary right. uh, intimidation. Where you, you did where you did me. the work in order right. to get yeah. to say how things are. Right. Yeah. But you don't get to come in here now and like, you know, for sure you're like hooking up with my mom and yeah. that like I'm gonna be like, Wow, this guy is cool. Like it's <laughs> like I don't you know, like I, the only reason I even remotely entertained it for as long as we did is because I'll say Isaiah always hated him, which yeah. was dope. 
my sister, you know, she was young enough that he did like imprint on her, you know, but Oh, your aunt. I but I was just like, look, if he makes her happy, then I'll then I'll play the game. You know what I'm saying? But like and like he loved basketball, so like that was a plus, you know, like me and Isaiah and my sister my sister Brittany, we love basketball. So it was like, that was the major plus is that he was like, yo, here's some like gyms we can go to. But like, but I was like, if having a dad means that like these kind of annoying, but once every three weeks takes you to a basketball gym, it's like, I don't need one, <laughs> you know? But it's like, you, you're, you're like a dad though. You know what I'm saying? Like, and is that because of your own father situation? Um, you know, I, I, I've talked about it on here before with yeah. people, and I, I think it's, honestly, I think I just kind of tried to approximate what a mom does, you right. know, like, and I, but I mean, I don't even really understand, I'm not even quite sure that there is a gender difference if you're just going to be devoted to taking care of kids. And yeah. I think it mainly comes from growing up in a house run by women. For the most part, you know, because yeah. even like when I had a stepdad, it uh, it was still a matriarchy, you know, like right. he kind of yeah. was there and, you know, and occasionally would make noise like he was in charge of stuff. But it's like, no, the decisions were not made by him. Right. Um, and I mean, and he was a, he was a nice man, but we never really bonded. And you know, and it ended kind of ugly and, and he's the father of my brother and sister, my half brother and sister are younger than me. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm, and I don't even, you know, like it's weird to say half brother and sister. Cause I don't, it's, I'm sure it's the same with you. Yeah, I don't think they're, they're yeah. just your brother and sister. Yeah. yeah they're just <laughs> my brother and sister. Yeah. But, um, I just was, I, I and I, you know, and this is, I know how this sounds like so woke and like, I'm a big fucking ally or anything, but it's like, I really do. I just feel like I see things from a women's perspective a lot more than a lot of men do, because that was the perspective that when I was a kid, that was the adult's perspective around me. And it was like, so like I was able to relate to keeping the house clean and, and cooking for people and the emotional support of people. So I just kind of, you know, and it's like, I, when I got when I got married I th- and when we had kids, I'd never thought of it like that's your job, kind of, you know, or I'm making the money, so why the hell should I have to worry about cooking? It's right, like no, yeah. that you know, it's it's a fifty fifty deal yeah. at home. Like it's right. like you got to chip in. And scheduling wise, obviously, I can't be home all the time, you right. know. And there were and there and it would cause tensions and conflict sometimes because of the the various kind of inequities in time and in in right. you know like you know like me having a job a lot you know a, a lot of times uh, required kind of a social aspect that right you know was not my ex-wife's it, you know she didn't have any ownership of it so it was right, kind yeah. of like how come I got to do this shit you know if I so, but yeah, I just, no, being a dad to me is like always been, it's always been like where I live the most and like the most, you know, like the part that I, that I care about and the part that makes the rest of it seem just stupid, yeah. you know, like show business or like being like 
you know, what our ratings are on the late night talk show that I'm on. It just seems like, yeah, it's as important as selling insurance is to somebody that sells insurance. Right. You know what I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's my job and it's important right. to me. And I, and it's, and it is kind of, there's also a craft involved. Like I produce television. That's in addition to being on television and doing stuff. I also produce television. Like right. I, yeah, yeah. I had, you know, I got to kind of have a holistic view of the whole deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's like, it's, it's my job. It's, it's not my life and it's yeah. not the thing, you know what I mean? I kind of, you know, I think it took Conan a long time to get there. I mean, in the times, like he told me once, cause, uh, it was in, it was early in the Conan days and, uh, somebody was doing a story about the whole show. And it was kind of like, you know, like they made it over the hump. Like everyone was aggressively <laughs> against them and then they're still on the air. And I said something to somebody, I don't even remember where the article was from, but I said something to the writer. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, sometimes I worry that Conan's like, like focused on, like I hope that he can settle down and have a family. And I said, yeah. because it's, I said, because what I said, I said, because, uh, when when you're laying in that nursing home bed, having met David Hasselhoff 14 times is not going to keep the ghosts away. And he, I don't, he didn't read the article because that was in the days when I, he may still not read anything. But like one of his friends quoted that to him, and he said to me, "He's like, man, that's fucking cold." He's like, "That's just like chill, not like it's cold, like heartless. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's chilling to me." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, sorry, I, I, I worry about you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't want you to like just. I don't want you to live on this. Is like bubble gum. You can't yeah. live on this, you know. Yeah. So, do you ever want to have kids? I know that's a very I, invasive question, but we're talking not, about that's it. Not. I'll, uh, I'll say this, like. I feel like, and again, as someone who was raised in a single parent household for however long you were, it's especially for men. And I know, and it's not even, I, I do think it's just like a, uh, I, and not to be ultra woke dude either, but like it is such a gender specific pressure, you know? Because dudes, whether, whether they grew up, with a dad, without a dad, whatever. It's like you can have kids, you can not, whatever. You know, you can be Dennis Quaid and have like a 20 year old girlfriend when you're 65. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's such a different world for us. Yeah. You know, like, um, so I'll say that I, as of right now, like if, if, if we have them, we're gonna adopt. I just think mm -hmm. there's too many kids in the world in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also don't, I'm, I'm selfish in the sense that like, I do want things to, you know, I have certain milestones in my life that I hope to accomplish. And like, even just getting this dog that we got, I'm like, this is crazy. Like you just, you're like in service of a dog. And yeah. like, I know that like, yes, a child is so much more rewarding. It grows, it talks, it can steal a car. There are all the things that kids can do, but like, uh, my to my original thesis though I think that there's something that comes with being a person a dude specifically in a single parent household in which the father has left that makes you a little more apprehensive to it not that mm. I think I would like run away or any of that stuff but I do worry that like do I have 
the skill set to do this thing. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like, just like for the sake of argument, it's like a woman's body knows when she has a baby to produce milk. To you know what I'm saying? Like all mm-hmm. these, all these physiological things happen, right? The only thing right. that kind of happens with a man is that they say like you should hold your baby without wearing a shirt, so you like imprint on one another. Mm-hmm. And that truly comes from like the idea that sometimes male animals would like eat their young, you know, so they needed to like have their hormones it somehow trapped into their brain whatever yeah yeah so now now blah 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 science aside because of that i'm like do i you know like this is a is the real part of the conversation it's like i don't necessarily know that i have what it takes and like even if i do i'm nervous like the the actual feeling is what drives me away from it more than drives me to it. And I do think that like, you have like cousin, like baby cousins and stuff. Like, it's like, I know, I know I could do it. I do. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I could do it. The thing that makes me anxious is like, what if I can't do it 24 seven? What if like something happens and I'm like, I don't want this life anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like all the things that like, and again, I know I wouldn't do that because it's just like if that were the case, I would have gotten rid of this dog, which is much easier yeah, to get yeah. rid of. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, or you but, wouldn't, uh, or you wouldn't have been, a, you know, like when you and Chelsea hit a rough spot, you'd just be fuck it, I'm out. Right? But, yeah, you know, yeah. But no, right. you you know, you work on it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So, so I I think like I, my me and Chelsea have talked about it. It's like my target age, I think, is like 40. I don't want to be like old enough that like there's a kid in the house and I'm just like that dad who's just tired. Like, Oh God, you know? And then it's like, remember those weird kids growing up where it was just like, they'd be six years old. And they're like, my dad is 64. And you're yeah. like, there's what? a lot of, there's yeah. a, my kid, my kids go to school with a lot of those. It's you know? so crazy. To, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want my kids who have that. I want my kids to be like me and dad are playing or like, yeah. I'm riding dad's back and he's pretending to be a dinosaur or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I also like, I know right now for me, it's like, you know, I could just show you on the zoom real quick, but it's like, I'm like still like trying to like get painting and like, yeah, stuff yeah. done and like, you know, work on things outside of, you know, the Hollywood system because it's like, I want that fulfillment too. And I'm sure a kid would bring that fulfillment, but I also know that like, as you know, as you were just saying, so much of your time is filled with this other stuff, work-related, right? And yeah. Like, you're not just at work. There's the mental aspect of it where it's just like you're thinking about it constantly. You're worried about things, and you have to go to some stupid dinner. You have to talk on the phone to some idiot that like is just going to say no to a thing anyway. Like There's just all these things, and like... I just think right now I'm valuable of the time that I have. And like, I just want that for a little bit longer before yeah. I'm like, okay, now, now it's, you know, and I know it's going to be fulfilling and all that. So I, the, the, the long answer, or sorry, the short answer to that long, you know, uh, response is that we, we are going to do it. It's just, it, it's just not right now. So maybe yeah. four years. No, li- I mean, well, first of all, how long have you guys been together, if I may ask? You yeah, and Chelsea? Three years. Three, three years, years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sarah and I were married for seven years before we had our first child. And, yeah. and we would we would refer to our 
we would refer and we both did it it wasn't just one of us we yeah. would refer to our life pre-children as when we were single like as a couple <laughs> when we right, were yeah, yeah. like you know like and and uh and you're you're you know you are right to be uh to approach it cautiously because it's it's a huge fucking thing and the thing is if you're going to like if you're going to do it do it right a like you know like uh, so if you're going to have a kid, you got to You're not. It's not like a, a a lease you can get out of. It's you know you're going to be there and you should be there because to me, with the exception of people, you know, like uh, and this this is this is judgmental and I and it's one of the areas of my life where I'm kind of strict and 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 like. It's it's a black and white kind of thing. It, yeah. You can't you can't back out of this deal. You got to and, right. and it's like and it's and once the kids there, it is it's only about you secondarily. Like you can't right. you can't go right. like hey this isn't for me unless you know un- unless you're going to make the kids life worse by being around like you know like right. you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? But um it is kind of the you know in terms of like You know, like you said, like when your mom, a thought that occurred to me when you're, when you're saying how your mom just said I was tired all the time, you, there is something like in this, in this pandemic, like I don't, I don't get shit done like I did when I was working because there's just, because there's no, there's no vessel holding everything that creates like kind of a tension of that you got to get it done. Right. You know, like the house is a mess, like the house is a mess. Well, just my kids are going to see it. Who cares? Right. But when it's, you know, when you're like in life, you got to get things done. And when you have kids, yeah, you're tired all the time, but you have an incentive for doing things. You don't really have a, you know, you don't get a choice in the matter. Like you got to get things done. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't think that, you know, we have it. We have a really easy life when you compare it to the rest of human history right like nobody nobody could fucking kick back except for like five minutes ago we started to be like in heated houses and running water and toilets you know yeah prior to that it's like you got to fucking work 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 yeah and we don't have to do that so much anymore but you know and the way that you do it too because i was worried about it like i don't know how to be a dad it's like yeah we just all you gotta do is be you know loving Loving, yeah. respectful, just it's all the same shit you do with other people. Yeah. You know, loving, respectful. Uh, but with a kid, you got, you know, you got to set boundaries with a kid. You got to, you got to let them know you're in charge because a kid yeah. does not want to be without someone in charge. That's right. what, you know, that's right. what fucks kids up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's get back to Marietta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what kind of, I mean, were you a popular kid? Were you a gregarious kid? Um, I, Man, it's so. I don't know, because perspective is everything, right? Self-introspection yeah. is everything. I would absolutely say that, like, I wouldn't say I was a dork, but I'd be like, I, oh, you know, like, I think I was much more of a like take it or leave it kind of kid, you know, yeah, like where yeah. people was like, I don't care. But yeah. you mean as, like take take you or leave take, you? Like, yeah, this take is me or leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I, like. In terms of just like, I don't 
like I don't have an opinion about him one way or the other is how yeah. I think I was perceived. But then it's like, and how about this? Cause it's a little hard to, it's a little hard to define, but I, I can't tell how much of it is real or not anymore because I've had, you know, a, a very, very moderate amounts of success, right? Like, by no means am I like a star, but like, to people back home, it's like, oh, he's been on TV. Like, that means something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, well, so, it does. You're, you're making a living at this. And yeah. That's, yeah. And so that already, like, that like puts you in like a tiny percentile. I know. Which yeah. is crazy to think about. But yeah. so th- now it's like, if I, even just like online, like something will happen where it's like, you know, an interview comes out or an article comes out or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. A press release, like. A podcast. A podcast. Yes. Uh, and but but truly, it's like I like the fact that I am talking to you means something, and it will mean even more to someone back home where they're like, "I listened to Andy Richter's podcast. I had no idea you were in L.A. or blah blah blah." You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Then, and then they'll say something like, "I always thought you were so funny or so weird or whatever," and I'm like, "That's I do." I do not remember any of you speaking to me with any sort of like, that's a funny guy. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, but that's the problem. It's like, did I, am I misremembering high school? Cause I'll say this. I hated high school as like a concept, as, uh, as a reality. I, I truly, you could ask my mom, like for a year was just like, can I drop out? Can I drop out? Please let me drop out. Like, I'll just, she's like, what are you going to do? It's like, I'll just work at McDonald's. I'll just keep working at McDonald's and like figure it out. She's like, you're not dropping out. Not no. I, and I didn't know that you could legally drop out at 16 and no one could tell you anything. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hated it. I hated every single minute of it. I hated like, I hated this idea that like, and like, you know, again, it's like a very pretentious LA thing, but it's like, I get like the Montessori of it all. It's like, I kind of just like, if I want, like if, when I have kids, it's like, I want them to like essentially walk into like an artist studio with like a piano and yeah. an easel and yeah. a drawing desk and like, but then also math books and like a chalkboard for equations. And like, it's like, do all of it and then figure out the thing that you like the most, you know, mm-hmm. a computer to code. Uh, and like, I think had education been like that for me, I just would have had so much of a better time, but it's like the, what's the term I'm looking for? Rigidity. I don't know. Just like the, I just hated it. So I'm like, am I painting my experience with that brush or is that the objective reality of it? And it's like, truthfully, it probably lies in the middle somewhere. And truth be told, it's like, it is because I have a little bit of you know, we'll say cultural cachet that people are a little bit nicer to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, like I, I, Marietta and like, I like have a, you know, you can see it on the hat. It says Cobb County, Roswell road, which is where I grew up. Uh, it was very much split where I grew up by that road. Like it was all my, and it wasn't completely segregated, but it was pretty close. It's like black people lived on one side of Roswell road and white people lived on another side. We mm-hmm. lived with the black people 99% of the time. 
unless my mom would find like a cheap house for rent and then we would only live there for like a year and then we couldn't afford it anymore like you know what i mean but like but like but then my mom was like well you guys you know like i'm sending you to like the the white high school that's where the education comes blah 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 which you know is half true but it's also like if we just all sent our kids to everywhere everyone would eventually have to level out their playing fields yeah yeah you know it's hard to do as a parent it's hard to it's hard it's it would it's hard for your mom to be theoretical about that right, you know what exactly. i mean oh of course you know uh, what i mean hey, yeah, it's like you kids no are blame. you only got yeah. one shot at school so right and i and i definitely agree with you it's like yeah no you you know until we all start act until we all start following the rules that we know are going to make life better it's not going to get any better right. but then there's like then you got a kid that needs to be educated right and it's exactly. like you want to and it's it's a natural thing to want the best for him, right? You know? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like so. I, I've never. I, it's not even like a blame thing. I'm just like the the only bummer is that I worked at McDonald's, like I was saying. So I would like have to get on a bus, or my mom would drive me to McDonald's at like five forty five, six in the morning. I would like work a shift. Oh my before god! Before school, then like walk down to a neighborhood, pretended that I lived in that neighborhood. So I could then get on the bus and like then go to high school. Yeah, yeah. Then walk back to that McDonald's, work a shift after work oh, or after right. school. Yeah. Then go home. And it's like all of this while like, you know, being in the quote unquote nicer part of town, you know. So like again, that's the other, you know, paintbrush that is, you know, coloring this this experience for me. Uh but I was saying all of that to say to get to the original point of like what Marietta was like for me. Uh, I, I will say that like I I think I always fancied myself like a cool big city person. Like, but I always tried to be like funny and like I, I mean like truly if I wasn't doing like comedy in some sort, I would just be a comic book artist. Like I got like you know I got I was going to go to the Savannah College of Art and Design. Got I was there for three days and was like. I'm out. Like, you know, like, I oh, really? didn't like it. Yeah. I was, just, yeah. I was just like, I just don't like college. Like, I was like, I hated high school. And now I'm going to college, which it was an art school. So I figured I would like it more. And I was like, oh, no, I just, I, I think I'm an egomaniac in the sense that I think I can learn anything on my own. And 99% of the time, it has paid off for me. So I'd yeah. rather just do that. Um, and so, uh, but then I also, then went back to Marietta. So I also experienced some of Marietta as like an adult. And like, I do, there's parts of it that I miss. I miss the the simplicity of like, dude, I used to work at a used bookstore and I was also a server at this restaurant. And it's like, I would wake up at like, you know, nine 30, I would go work out at the YMCA because that was the gym you used. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I would then go to, I don't know if you guys def- definitely didn't have them in Chicago. I don't know if you ever had it before, but there's a grocery store chain called Publix. Yeah, I know. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. They're very famous for like their subs. I would get a chicken tender sub with a half, like a quart of orange juice and some watermelon. I would eat that. Then I would uh, go work a shift at the bookstore. Then I would work a server shift at night. Then at some point during the week, I would take a little bit of dough and go buy like a Criterion Collection DVD from yeah, yeah. from Borders, you know, 
and I'd watch like Fellini's eight and a half and be like the most interesting person, you know, like, oh, okay, I think I get it, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and then I would talk about that at the bookstore the next day where I worked, and that was kind of my life. And it's like, I missed that part of it for sure. Like, yeah. It's such an anxiety-free life in mm-hmm. knowing what the routine is and, like, not the, like, when's the next job? Do I look good? Do I – you know what I'm saying? Like, all the stuff that, right. like – If so. you can – if you yeah, but if you can, like, you know, set your boundaries as that without any sort of, like, aiming beyond that, then, yeah, it's – I yeah. mean, I like, I when I worked for the moving company, there were just – like I could just tell there were days when I'd take the bus home, like just sweaty and dirty, especially like sometimes because we do night moves for right. uh, for uh, Bob Seger albums. Uh, no, for uh, <laughs> uh, for like, you know, like office jobs, like, they, right. you know, yeah, you yeah, move yeah. an office at night just because right. it's so easier just get in there the next day. Yeah. yeah. So like there'd be times when I would have worked like 13 hours and I'm going home on the bus at like 10 a.m. And just yeah. this feeling of like. It's behind me like that. All the, like the stress of it, the work of it, it's all behind me. I don't have to take any of this home, you know, yeah. like it's just it's simple. It's just yeah. it's done. Whereas now it is like, yeah, work. Work is it's it, you know, like you're never really off the clock if you're supposed to be a creative person that's constantly yeah. coming up with new ways to, you know, make money t- for yeah, other put, people. <laughs> yeah. Like make the, set the world on fire with your, right. you know, incredible ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I under, I understand that. I mean, but I just, I think, and I, well, it's also too, though, you know, like the problem that I would have with that, although now I, I'm older now, but like, it was just, it was too, there were too, well, it was too white. It was too straight. It was yeah. too like religious. It was yeah. too Republican. Yeah. It was all these things that, you know, I needed, you know, I, you know, it's like, I want a life with, you know, black people and gay people and Jewish people and, yeah. you know, fucking weirdos and, yeah. you know, I, all kinds of different people in it. And yeah. you just kind of in a small town, you sort of, you get what you get. And that's yeah, it. No, yeah. absolutely. I'll say this. All that is true. I think that it's it's hard to say because, like, I think that while those things existed there, of course, they were very minimal. But mm-hmm. I always managed to find, like, like at that used bookstore I worked at, like, I always managed to find the weirdos, you know? I always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always found the thugs. I always found the gay people. Like, I always manage to so even though i was in a small town i always i there was a like i've always managed to find enough that i didn't feel like i was going crazy the reason i moved was because i was like there's just no industry here and also Mm -hmm. they kept trying to in atlanta there's this thing there's this mentality that anything you want to do you can make happen in atlanta and i was like i don't want to be that person i don't want to be the person who's like just here and is either trying and it never happens or that just like i never left you know yeah. it's like i have to i do have to experience the world and like to be honest like i don't love traveling so i was like at this at the very least i can do this like you know i gave myself a plan i was like we'll see if it works and like you know did it work on my timeline no but it did work eventually was it all always stand up was that always kind of like you thought 
I want to be but, a stand-up comedian or well like it was a like it, it's yes but also like things dipped in and out of being a stand-up comic right like because I 14 13 or 14 is like I'm gonna be a stand-up comic and then like somehow I convinced when I was 15 I bet Isaiah 50 bucks that I could make it onto SNL by the time I was 18 and he was like you literally have done nothing like you've never <laughs> said anything funny publicly ever like what are you talking yeah. about you've never done a ross perot imitation yeah like and i was like 50 bucks and he was like which you know when you're 15 and in a small town is a million dollars yes yes so i bet him that and that also that i could like if I met Lindsay Lohan, she would want to hook up with me. And this is pre all her other stuff. Now right. I'm like, I actually should have taken that bet for real because I probably could have made that part happen. But like, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's just yeah, so I mean, arrogant. That's, it's, it's, it's not great. It's I'm not saying 50, it's great. It's fifty bucks. I mean, you know. Well, but again, this bet was made in two, <laughs> 1999. You know, like. <laughs> So it would have been uh, funny as like mid thirties guys being like, "Here's your fifty bucks, you did." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I say all that to say that so stand up was always like the first love. Like I watched, dude, like the Chris Rock late night show that used to be on HBO. Yeah. That so it's like that. His specials like Bring the Pain, Bigger and Blacker, like changed my life. Wanda Sykes, Patrice O'Neill, Nick Swartzen, um, oh God, what's his name? Pablo Francisco uh maria bamford um all had these like in oh and Dion cole all had these like insane comedy central presents yeah specials and then like tosh daniel tosh's was so good and um uh like then it's like you know Ch- i saw Chappelle's half hour on hbo and bill burr's and like you know, you start like seeing all of it. Did I say Wanda Sykes? I think I did. Uh you did, yeah, second. Yeah, I, I just yeah. like I literally I, I worship her in a way that like is just but uh, so I say that say that like I started seeing all these like it, it wasn't just because like Chris Rock at the time and I mean he's still gigantic and a legend but like he was the guy yeah. so it was like I was quote unquote like experimenting with people like even though they were on TV but it was like when I would talk about Patrice, no one knew who I was talking about or Daniel Tosh or Maria Bamford. She was just like, even like, and I know people clown him now, like Dane Cook had such a funny half hour comedy central presents. Like I, I, I like taped it and made everyone I knew watched it. Like it was just so funny to me. And like, yeah, Swartzen was so, and it was like, these were things I wouldn't have just come across on my, or, I mean, I did come across them on my own, but like, had I stayed in Atlanta, it just wasn't that kind of, play you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was like it was like blue collar comedy tour and like you know you had to like even like cat williams i remember like the first time i saw cat williams i was just like crying i was just like this little black maniac like yeah. running around and like a full half pimp suit but then also like jeans like it was so because i remember <laughs> the first time i watched it, i was like what am i watching like i don't even think i got it and then like the second time i saw him i was like crying i was like this dude's insane you yeah. know and like yeah and that's see... and that's a level like that is hard to maintain and i think yeah. history has shown like yeah that that yeah. he was that's not just an act that's like you're living right. something that's exactly. like wow yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, he's so funny and like 
Oh, and like Cheryl Underwood, the first time I saw her, and like some more, and like yeah. anyway. So I say this, it's like I just there was I. It made me realize that I could do it in the sense I think so many people take stand up the wrong way because it's so because it's so conversational to an extent Mm -hmm. and like if you're good no one knows you're good you know what i'm saying it's just that you're so you seem so natural that people are like this person's just thinking of this and they're saying it yeah then people go like i'm kind of interesting i could do that whereas i took it as here's a wide range of people doing the exact same thing and like they're all different and i like all of them which means that like someone as weird as me who has so many different tastes can also do it. So that's what kind of like informed me. And then like from there, I was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do stand up. And then, uh, and then this is literally crazy. So like, uh, then I started not to be, uh, you know, a loser, but like, I was like, I can't really act. So what would I do? And I was like, I definitely know I want to create my own TV show. So I was like writing sitcom ideas and like writing little scripts like in Microsoft Word that didn't even look like I don't know if you've ever seen what a script for a commercial looks like, but it looked like that. Like I didn't even know the I had, format. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then I had to buy like Sid Field screenplay just to learn. And I only knew that because Tupac had talked about it in an interview. Uh-huh. So like so even then, like my way into that was different. But then I uh was like, oh, I think like I think like the best thing a comedian can do is be a late night host. Like it's probably the closest to what you do. So I became obsessed with late night with Conan O'Brien. So I watched that like, I like again, obsessively uh, and was just like, maybe I'll do that. And then I just like came back to just like, no, like that started to like, it just felt like I couldn't do it. So I was like, the dream is to like maybe head right a late night show have your own show on the air, like a sitcom that you're not in. And then you're like a touring comic. So that's what I came out here for. I was like, I, my, I was like, my dream is to like get on a late night show as a writer, then use that to create the TV show, but be doing stand up the whole time. Yeah. And so I immediately started working at a sandwich shop. <laughs> yes because you're gonna need some mayonnaise spray yeah. skills to get um, to really yeah 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 so but that being said the answer to your question is like yes i came out here for stand-up to create a tv show and then like you know other things happen clearly and when uh this is all like when you're in high school all of this is what you're explaining as like the of what i want to do yeah like yeah the only people that i'd even mentioned it to were my brother and my mom and my sister. I hadn't yeah. told anyone else until, like, weirdly, like, my homies, and I'll shout them out right now, Mark Reese and Eugene Crump, we were, like, uh, again, like, the high school we went to was very white. They were, like, some of the only black kids there with me. And they were like, bro, you funny. Like, you should try and do something with it. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. Because I was just, like, too shy to even talk about it. Yeah. And then, like, as I started doing stuff out here, like, they, like, because we like reconnected, we kind of got lost. We reconnected. They were like, "We knew it. Like we knew you were going to do it." And so like now, like anytime I do anything, they like hit me up. They're like, "We told you," which is like it's like such a nice full circle <laughs> moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's really good do... that they're taking ownership for your work. 
Well, I'm actually I, – I mean it in the sense that it's like – I'm it, just it's, kidding. Well, I know, but it, yeah, yeah. I don't mind it with them because they actually did yeah. to an extent be like, you should pursue this. You right. know, Whether they knew I wanted to or not, like they had the foresight to be like, why not? You yeah, know? they believed in you more than yeah. you believed in yourself. Yeah, well, so. did you do anything in Atlanta? Did you try at all? Bro, or? the only thing I tried, and it's like – I'll try to tell you the short version, but – I was 19. I snuck into a comedy club, or not snuck in. I signed up for an open mic at a comedy club called The Funny Farm sure. that was inside of a Mario Andretti go kart racing <laughs> <laughs> track. Uh, that's like, awesome. So everyone there, of course, had like done it at least three times, and like I was new. I lied, said I was 21, I was 19, which means I looked 16 at the time. Everyone yeah. had like these acts where they were like, you know, like my wife or my kids or like, it's hard being a Southerner or whatever. And mine was like, I was like, I'm going to like give them that like raw, like they've never seen before. And so like, yeah, everyone, and here's the thing is like, that's the other thing I'll tell if anyone listening is like thinking about doing stand-up comedy whatever jokes you've written just know someone's already done them yeah and if you haven't heard them it's because they're not working <laughs> like, <laughs> so like my whole set was just like you know there's you know there's residue of cocaine on every dollar bill so i've been snorting hundred or i've been snorting one dollar bills all day and people are like what and then like <laughs> I had like a joke again being 19 years old being like I don't want to turn 40 cuz I don't want my prostate checked and then like did like a whole act out about me getting my prostate checked and people are like why is this kid yeah yeah literally that's- talking about something that's not going to happen for 35 years yeah and also it sounds like this guy wants some butt play he's protesting pretty loud well that's the thing is then like the turn of the joke of course is just like oh wait that do feel good you know or <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> some version of that uh, so so then this dude comes up to me afterwards this just like here's the thing it was probably tony woods but it like not actually him but he had like the tony woods spirit and he was like man you were terrible and i was like <laughs> thank, thank you. you yeah he's like man you said you got nothing to say at all and i was like yeah yeah i know it's my first time. He's like, what you need is to be talking about real stuff. Watch what I do. It's like, all right. So the stage is set up to look like a living room. So there's literally like a couch, a nightstand, a lamp, uh, and then like a halogen lamp, and then like plants. Mm-hmm. And he like gets on stage. And he's like, what's up, Atlanta? What's up? What's up? And it's an open mic. So one person's like, all right. Then uh, he's like, look at this couch, man. That's an old couch. Ain't nobody sitting on that couch. And this nightstand, what you going to put on that? That's an old nightstand. There's nothing to put on that nightstand. And this lamp, man, this is an old <laughs> lamp. Who's even using that lamp? And he just named every single thing on the stage, said it was old, then tried to like riff on what what it was or was not doing. Yeah, yeah. And he did that for five minutes. And then he like gets off stage and he's like, but see how comfortable I was. And I was like, nigga, I... <laughs> that doesn't you, matter. You're like, as unfunny as yeah, me. Yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? I, 
My problem wasn't comfort. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you see, I didn't I, try. Yeah, which yeah. is so crazy. And then, so, oh, keep in mind, everyone had to pay $5, and whoever won the open mic got the pot. Oh, wow. So then this, uh, this she's again, she's probably famous now, and I just don't remember who it was, but this black girl got up after us, and her opening joke was, I just heard this Ashanti song called Baby, Baby, Baby. And I'm like, damn, bitch, how many kids you got? <laughs> Crowd goes wild. They, like, call it there. They're like, she won. Like, <laughs> she's, like, holding up the money, like, oh, yeah. So, I, again, like, remember I told you earlier, I was like, I'm an egomaniac. And, like, I just, like, assume that I can just learn anything on my own. Yeah, so, yeah. open mic ends, and I'm just like, these hicks black and white hicks just don't get how creative i am i'm not doing stand-up again so i get to la so they're like i just which the natural thing would be keep trying and yeah. i was like nah the city didn't get me so then i moved across the country to bomb again years, and I years was like, later right uh, years later i didn't start yeah. again until i was 23 Wow. Because um, I also got here and I was just like, oh, I need to work. Like, yeah, I just yeah. had nothing, you know. So uh, so anyway, I say all that to say that uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a long, hard road. And then I was just like, oh, I'm not good. I'm not good. It's not, yeah. it's not the city. <laughs> On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Well, now, when you get out here, you, do you have any connection to anybody out here? Or are you just coming so, out here solo? Yeah. So, okay, so here's the thing. So I came out with a dude that – so I told you I worked at this restaurant. I moved out here with a dude who uh, was a friend of the bartender at the place I was a server at. He was He had actually gotten into the, like, L.A. film school that went on Sunset, like – 
and Coenga. I'm sure you've seen it before. It's like a big turquoise building with like a yellow top. Oh, yeah, It's yeah, a right yeah. across the street from Arclight. I know, I know um, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So he got in there, and I was like, look, I'm moving to LA. I like, I was like, I like, I'm taking four weeks or six weeks of classes at the New York Film Academy because I saw it advertised like on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cheap. It's um, huge now. It's huge. It's, it's huge yeah, now. Yeah. But back at the time, truly, it was like, here's weird your free little, t-shirt. Yeah, like, weird little trade school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were like, okay, I guess we're both moving. Let's just do it, I guess, you know? Yeah. So he was like my only friend I had. I mean, yeah, the only person I knew at the time because then i found out much later that like a few people from high school that had like come out here so i'd like slowly see people throughout the years right but uh my best friend chris thaxton his mom sarah like she's just like one of these like she's just like one of these like connected like like art people in Mm -hmm. atlanta just she just knows everyone she's like Oh, like my friend's cousin's friend is like a second, second AD on like weeds. So like actually weirdly, the first job I had in LA, I was like, uh, you know, day player PA randomly throughout season two of weeds. So I'd be there for like, you know, like two days, then one day, then like nothing for four weeks, then a day, then three hours. And like, it was like. Mary Louise Parker like yelling at everyone important and then being very nice to us and be like, uh-huh. hey, this is my bait. I was like, she rules. Everyone, she's like, they were like, she's a monster. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. She's mad at y'all. She yeah, likes yeah. us. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So like that, that is, was that like, is that's the that's first a good part of that. that. I mean, yelling yeah. is never great, but that's but yeah, if you're nice to the people that you don't have to be nice to, that's really saying something. Yeah, exactly. You so know what I, mean? I was I was always I was always down for uh uh mlp <laughs> yeah yeah um so that was like that was like my only connection and then like that woman Susie, who like got me that job essentially like just went on to other stuff and i just kind of you know and then i also was like working at like a sandwich shop at the time because, yeah, the, yeah. or not even sandwich shop m cafe on melrose if you know that place I know. um i was just like uh, well sadly i pretty much got fired for like it was like a, it's like a vegan macrobiotic restaurant, mm-hmm. but they had a Quiznos next door. And again, it's just like, I'm a nigga from Georgia. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I didn't understand <laughs> vegan or macrobiotic. So yeah, on my yeah. lunch break in my full like vegan work uniform, I would just like go eat at Quiznos. And like, they were very much a lifestyle restaurant. So they'd be like, you know, when you're eating chicken, when you're eating bacon, what you're doing is, and I was like, I don't have time for all this. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. eating the Quiznos. So just do what you have to do. And they're like, okay, you're fired. I was like, you got it. Like, that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I also think, remember my I would work honestly, uniform. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I would honestly think that that's actionable. Like, you can't fire, like, that's a prejudice that you can't have. Yeah, against. but they, like, but they essentially did that thing where it was, like, they fired me for a different reason. The fire, They, like, uh, gotcha. moved me yeah, to yeah, a completely yeah. different part of it. Yeah. Like, part of the restaurant that I, like, didn't understand, like, running, like, an expo line or something. Yeah. Like, like during the middle of, like, a lunch rush. And they're like, oh, you you clearly don't have what it takes. It was like, you just put me here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? So, uh, so anyway, I say all that to say that, like, uh, and then it just took years for me to get back in it. Like, so then I started stand-up because I was like, I need to get, like, do this, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, I was working at Best Buy and, like, met Seth Green because he needed help like buying a video game for his nephew so i like begged him for an internship on robot chicken and like was also starting stand-up so it's like at least things were like kind of coalescing in a way 
Yeah. Um, but but yeah. And that and that op- he that he he was open to that. For me doing stand up or giving me the internship? No, for the internship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like he literally, like you know, I was helping him around the store. He goes, "Hey, man, like you're cool if you ever like need anything." I guess like. Oh, he o- he offered. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of. He was, or no, sorry. So he was just like, "Dude, you were so cool." Blah blah blah. Um, and I was just like, "Yo, like I don't want to do this, but like." one of my favorite movies literally of all time is the movie airborne. I was like, I know people like, like it in a corny way. I was like, I genuinely just like love it as like, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid. He's like, Oh my God. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, it's so weird that people like have held on to it. And then, then it was like, are you like, it, are you trying to be in the industry? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah. And I was like, look, yes, I'm, I will literally just, if you need me to just wash your tires every day, I will do whatever it takes. Do not pay me a dime, but I will yeah. be whatever. Like, I'll just cut your grass. He's like, no, just, he was like, here's an email to send a resume. Send it in. Because it's also, this is like robot chicken. This height of adult swim stuff. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was, so I was just like, I got to do something. And I'm not, I'm usually, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not brave, but in my life regularly, I'm just not, I'm usually just like a more chill person. Like, especially with like celebrity stuff, I feel like they're usually so hounded, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is, but when it comes to like a career, I'll never be like, read my script, but I will be like, can I do something for you for free that will at least yeah. hopefully ingratiate me to you? So, so at some point down the line, maybe you'll be interested in something, but like, so I was just like, look, man, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. He's like, oh, just send in your resume to this email. I'll tell them to be on the lookout for you. And, you know, they'll have to interview you still. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say that like, I can give it to you. But there you go. Because he's like, you wouldn't even be working under me. I was like, okay. So I like went in and got it. And like, it's so weird, like now especially. But it's like, I remember like Ben Schwartz was like a writer there with like, he was on a writing team with someone because they used to mm-hmm. bring in writers and cycles. So it's like, and he doesn't even remember. Of course, he wouldn't remember me. I just remembered that he was like a writer, you know. Yeah. So yeah. then, when he started becoming like a person in the world, I was like, "That's the same guy!" Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was so yeah, yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Like, so yeah. Anyway, so that that's part of the journey. And uh, doing stand up? Are you doing that in open mics around here? Are you? You know, I mean, are you? Uh, are you touring? Like, do you get a manager? How does that? Oh, like how does that free- translate from getting to qu- quit the sandwich shop, you know, or quit? Best so, Buy? oh, so, so here, this goes back to a little bit earlier in the story. So my friend from high school, Christine McLaughlin, she moved to LA to go to USC and I didn't know it. So I like posted a picture on MySpace of like me of like probably smoking a cigarette in front of, you know, the off Broadway shoe on Sunset. Yeah, like in City of Dreams or whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she like hits me up immediately. She's like, "Are you in LA?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I moved here a while ago." She's like, "I live here." Like, blah blah blah. Let's hang. So I go hang. She's like, "I live with these like three weird guys." And she lived with Adam Devine, Blake Anderson, and Kyle Newichek. Oh are wow! Now you know the workaholics. Yeah. Directors and actors of you know, you know, driving comedy pop culture a little bit, and like. So I just I was just hanging out with them because I didn't know anyone else. So I was talking to Adam one night, and I was like, "Yeah, I like moved out here for stand up, and I haven't really done it again." And he was just like, "Dog, like I'm a stand up comic. You didn't know that?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Dude, I'm literally. It's so funny to think about now, but like, 
He's like, I'm a door guy there. I'm actually leaving the job because I booked this huge Taco Bell commercial. And now I can like coast <laughs> for a little bit. And I'm just going to focus on stand-up. If you show up to an interview, they will give you my job. You should do it because they give like door guys stage time when people don't show up. I was like, that's so dope. So like I like go and interview. They hire me and I'm just like a door guy. And then like sure enough, they like – you know, I was like doing open mics there and like the manager Rita Piazza saw me and like just like all this stuff was like kind of happening. I was like, all right, well, like, well, you know, like it feels like it's working, you know, and like at the time, like I couldn't have asked for anything more. I was like I had a job, which is being a door guy. Then I also got to perform. So like this is the best, you know, like, you know, it, it really, you know, it's it's a comic he that shall not be named, you know. Uh, gave this interview once where he was kind of just like, you know, like now that I'm a big comic, it's actually weirder because like it was, though I was broke, it was a little bit nicer to be like a broke person, but like kind of on my own terms of like, you're just so fulfilled by doing like thing one and thing two, you know, yeah. it's like you work and then you go do stand up. And then when stand up becomes the work, it becomes a little, you know, it's like when you make money in anything, it taints the, the honesty of it. Yeah. So like, I will say, like, I'll never miss being broke, ever, ever, ever. But, like, the part of being broke that was the simplicity of the stand-up part of it, I do miss. Mm -hmm. But, uh, anyway, to get back into, sorry, what you were asking me. It's just, like, so I was just doing that. Then Adam and Blake and Kyle and Anders, like, because I met Anders through them, clearly, got workaholics. And they were like, yo, would you leave the improv and, like, be a writer's production assistant for us? And I was like yeah so like that was like my first foray into that because of that i met an executive at comedy central named walter newman and another one named seth cohen walter then moved to adult swim and he was like dude you're really because he started following me on twitter i was like you're funny we're doing a cartoon version of the movie black dynamite i'm gonna submit you for it and i was like oh that's super nice so i had to like do a whole packet so that was my first writing job it was only like a few weeks but still changed my life so thank yeah. you to walter and carl jones and uh, Jillian Applebaum, and then, uh, but then the other executive, Seth Cohen, ended up moving to Fox, and he was, and then he started running Chris Miller and Philip Lord's company, and they were doing that show, making history. So he remembered me when Adam Pally was like, "Hey, this Yasser dude might be funny," and even though I had never acted before, mm -hmm. Seth was like, "Oh, I remember him." So it's like, did you know Adam? Pally, so I Adam met Pally. him, same as you, like, just dumb little tweets back and forth, and then yeah. like, he was friends with Damon Wayans Jr., clearly, who I was friends with, so we just, we were both in New York at the same time once, and we're like, yo, let's just, like, go hang out somewhere. We're like, alright, so we just, like, started hanging out, then we became friends, and then they just couldn't find anyone for making history for whatever reason, and Adam was like, my friend Yasser is really funny, and Julia Sharp, the creator, was just like, yeah, but he's, like, a writer, and, like, writer's are never good actors, <laughs> like, which is true, <laughs> which is still true. Um, but uh, Adam was like, let's just see him. And again, Seth knew me from before. And it's like, let's just see him. And that's how I, you know, like I auditioned and got it eventually. But like, yeah, I will say to the people out there, it's like, you really, there is value in like being a good person and being nice to people. And not to say that, like you should do it expecting to get something out of it. But like, if you even remotely believe in karma or spirituality or just like even just the idea that there is energy in the universe, like just try to put out as much good as possible because you just yeah. never know how it's coming back to you. 
it may not come back as a reward, but right. you just you know you just want to make sure that you're you're always on the up and up. I would say. I don't even uh, as someone who's work you know work down you know works on sets works on TV shows works you yeah. know. I don't even care if they're just if they're if their motivation is completely self centered. Being yes. nice greases the gears so much better than anything else. If you want, and, I, and this is a thing I noticed because I, you know, I went to film school and I worked as a production assistant. Yeah, yeah. the people that were nice to me, and I, because I was working, you know, I'd work eighteen hour days for a hundred dollars flat rate. You know, right. with taxes taken out. And right. I, yeah. You know, it works out to less than, you know, it was less than minimum wage yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. And the people that were nice to me, I would do anything for uh, right. because they were nice to me and they respected yeah. me. And they, you know, at times are like might ask my opinion about what, you know, which of these couches do you like for the set? Just shit right. like that that yeah, made yeah. you feel like a smart human being. Yeah. yeah. The people that were shitting to me. Fuck them. Yeah, you yeah. know, I would like, I'd steal petty cash. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd steal props. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be like in wardrobe and there'd be a shirt that fit me. Like, you know, yeah. I needed clothes. It wasn't yeah, yeah. like, I, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I, that, it was like such a lesson of like, even if you just are looking at people as vending machines that you want to get productivity out, the best coin to put in there is kindness and consideration. Absolutely. And, and if you're really going to be kind and considerate, it's its own reward. So you, you right. know, you're going to, but honestly, it's like, even for people that, that I work with that are, you know, that I've worked with who are just totally about, don't give a fuck about you. I just want you to work for me and do right. what I tell you to. If you're nice to me, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But if you're right. not, no, no, yeah. you know. Well, you know, and it's funny you say that. I'm going to bring up two things. Like the first thing being that Chelsea, my girlfriend, has this really, I, I don't even want to say it's like a quote, but it's just like this really great thought, I think. she And she always says that nice is neutral, essentially. Yeah. Like the idea of being nice is just like, that's why so many serial killers are like described as like a nice person because they yeah. just don't do anything. It's, so it's basic. Like, ev- it's basic. So even if you're just nice, it's like, okay, you'll get whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? If you yeah. are kind... That is a different thing. Kindness is an act of, you know, is an act of uh, aggression in and of itself because you have to do a different, you have to push yourself to be yeah. kind. Yeah. And so, like, I, I've always been like, yeah, like, it's it's so much more important to be kind than to be nice, one. But two, to your point, like, it's also like, because I, I think, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about social media, but there is like the social media thing that like gets on my nerves. But then also when I think past it a little bit more, I'm okay with it. It's like, we see the people who are like, it's like them filming themselves with their hand out into the camera, like holding money. And they just walk up to a homeless person. Like, Hey man, you need some cheering up. Here's 10 bucks. And you're like, here's the thing. Cause in my, in my soul, I hate that. I'm like, you, you, you do not need to do that. But then I'm like, also, whether the person filming and giving the money was doing it for altruistic reasons doesn't matter because the homeless person or house, uh, you know, unhoused person, I believe is the term now, that unhoused person now has $10 that they can use to eat or whatever. So it's yeah. like, 
it is the thing you're talking about where it's like, I kind of don't care about the intention anymore as long as good is coming out of it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you can hate my guts and smile to my face as long as you're not actively trying to tank me in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And it's just like what it is. You can hate me. There's tons of people that I hate that I'm completely nice to or kind to because at the end of the day, I would rather have that energy out there than me being like, I wish they were hit by a car you know like <laughs> it just doesn't yeah yeah so yeah yeah no that kind of yeah <laughs> I, there's a there's a charity event that i've gone to for it's every year it's a it's a it's a i mean it's uh children's defense fund and they give like yeah full-on scholarships through college to kids in need and they do video packages of the kids lives and it is a fucking just ball fest like you just cry because these kids you know like a kid that you know lived in a car with a schizophrenic mother for six years and got straight a's and is you know was accepted to stanford and you know just right right just the fucking hardship that these kids go through and they're just spirit and and there's all these it's in it's in beverly hills fancy thing tons of like showbiz people giving money and they're in there and it's all, you know, and everybody's crying and feeling good about themselves for giving money. And yeah. then it always kills me because then you go outside and you see all those same people with dried tears on their face being pricks to the valet. Right. Valet yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I, I just gave 10 grand so these kids could go to school. Where's my fucking car? You know? Oh, and I just, it's like. God. Uh, it's, it's why it I, never it never ends though. It's, it's why I stay ends. in Burbank. It's yeah, it's, truly. You know, I, I don't. I do so, and it's just I worry about this at times. Like I just can't take show business anymore. I can't take it's the hard, fucking. Yeah. I just can't take it anymore. I I like making shows. Yeah, I like making things, but all the extra meeting shit and all the people you got to talk to and 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 get there. Okay, it, I just as I get older, I just have so little patience. For so the meetings, the meetings. So just, it's well, it also, unless you're doing something that you genuinely love with all of your heart, it kind of just amounts to like, a, that was cool. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, of course, the perks of like being able to live somewhere comfortably and like yes. food on the table. It's like all of that is great. But it's like you can also get all of that being an account. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. it really does become this like, okay, unless I'm like gonna change the world, which we all get too deep into to realize, like, oh, it's not gonna be me, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. you know, like, right. So yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, I get, buddy, I get you. Well, I, I mean, I've kept you a long time here. I so we got to kind of move on to the the what what are you, what's in the future for you? What are you still? Do you still have these kind of you still want to be a head writer on a late night show and then get your own sitcom and then still do stand up all the time? I still want to do stand up. I still want to do sitcom. What the is it about the stand up that you like that keeps you going back? It's an immediate thing. I think yeah. that's why I like and hate Twitter so much is that, you know, like someone clicking favorite or retweet, it's like, okay, that was a good one. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Right. And like the energy of people is so nice sometimes. It's like, especially like, you know, when you're just in a writer's room and it's the same 12 people and you're trying to make them laugh, you're kind of just like, you're, at some point, you're like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, I really do try, like, there's something nice about, like, this person has, you know, it's different for, again, 
like an Amy Schumer or, you know, a Tiffany Haddish where it's like these people came to see them. But for me, it's like most people don't know who I am. They just go to a show and it's like if I can make them laugh with like because I'll say this. I feel like in New York, people people don't want to laugh and you you really have to work for it. But their laughs are worth so much more because of Mm -hmm. that. And in L.A., it's so many just like that was okay laughs and it's just like i don't want and i i wish i was somewhere in the middle clearly but mm-hmm. but regardless earning one to someone that has no idea who you are and most likely doesn't want to laugh yeah yeah because they don't know who you are is like such a thrill but also the like because it's also like the highs aren't worth the lows at yeah. all i don't yeah. know why but it's like it becomes just it really is like one of those practices that becomes like a part of who you are you know it really does become part of your identity and even in this i just like i will say it's like i don't miss it as much as i thought i would but i do miss it if that makes sense like i'm not like i'm not like some people are like dying to get out there and tell the people and i'm like i'm not dying like you know i'll think i'll start a blog if i need my opinions (laughs) out there like but like uh but yeah I, uh, but yeah, I, I, so it's just like, I, I, you know, even if I'm like Jerry Seinfeld and I do like the big special when I'm like 45, I'll do that. So I want, I still want like the hour long special. Yeah. And I want a sitcom on the air that says created by Yasser Lester. I don't even have to be in it, which was again, acting was never like on my plate. Mm -hmm. So like I, uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, those are the two things that, you know, and then like make sure family is good and that's kind of all I can ask for. Well, yeah, that's I mean making sure people are good. And that I can, are... I really want my biggest thing is to be and I know I may have said this earlier or not. I just want to be in a place that like you can help people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be people in the industry, just people out in the world like I, you know, there's that, that quote that it's like, you should give more to the world every single day that you, then you take from it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's where I want to be. Like, I, I'd rather be all said and done with this and be like, maybe I don't have a dime to my name, but like, there is a legacy of things that I have done for people. And that yeah. those people have gone on to do great things. And even if it's not me, I'm okay with it. As long as we get there as like a population within hollywood yeah and the industry and just out in the world also yeah yeah no that's i sometimes i i i definitely know what you mean because i you know like one of the things i, I i'm i you know with it the, the notion of a legacy to me is like it seems so fucking such a big deal word that i just i, right. I it makes me i i shy away from it right. um but i do like the fact and I mean, I really like the fact uh, that I was on a show that meant a lot to a lot of people. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like I, that that knowing what shows as somebody who took being funny seriously, who was yeah. like who studied it, who wanted to do it for a living. Those shows that really mattered to me. I am very, very happy that I was on a show that mattered in a similar way to people younger than me. Yeah. Who are in exactly the same kind of position. Right. Uh, that was really good. And, you know, and then, and you know, a couple of the sitcoms I did, same deal, you know, very proud of, very proud of those shows and very proud of, 
you know, that they happen. It's weird to, you know, this business is so, and I mean, the world is so, I mean, you know, fucking, you know, the thing that people try to insult me all the time with is, uh, what do you know? You've just sat next to people for all those years (laughs) or, you know, or why don't you make another show that fails? And it's like, yeah. You know, it's just like it's such a it's such a transactional kind of world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That it it does kind of suck because you can't. You know, I'm OK with it. But then there's also another part of me that's like, yeah, what it sure would have been nice if one of those shows had really, you know, lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Being being a being a cult favorite is is pretty sweet. But, you know, yeah. what's even better is runaway hit. Like right. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fucking sweet, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. You know, it is like it's nice that you had that effect for other people. And I and another thing that I think all the time is like I think possibly like if I am supposed to give something to the world creatively, I sometimes because my both my kids are so talented, yeah, uh, it just being a proud. But I, sometimes I think like maybe what I'm doing is is helping those two artists to make art, you know, and that the stuff that they do will be, you know, in some way, my contribution, Yeah, you know? So absolutely. um, Well, what's the, what's the point of the Yasser Lester story? Like, what do you, like, if you could, you know, somebody, you got to finish up the article, the the long New York times magazine, (gasps) Yasser Lester interview, and you have to, a, uh, a summation. Man, I would say that like I may have I may have never I might not have always done it right and I might have made it a lot harder at points. But I at the very end of it I again like just it is so important to me that like the people around me know that they were like loved and that how much of this, though I also enjoy how much of this was for them. And that like, they can look back and be like, dang, like we, it it doesn't ever feel singular that it feels like a collaboration between like me and my family and my friends and people on the street that I've met. And like, you know what I mean? Like that we're all kind of in a thing together where, uh, where Yasser and I hate to be in a third person, but Yasser Lester doesn't feel like a singular person. It feels like an idea of like mm-hmm. creativity and goodness out in the world, and and uh, you know this idea that you also like can come from nothing and make something. You know yeah. what I mean? That it's yeah. that it's that we're and that we're kind of all in it together. You know. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, and I mean, and the story that you've told in this hour and a half has been that has been like connections that you made with people yeah. uh, and the kindness of people, uh, you know, people seeing your kindness, repaying that kindness with more kindness. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's a very, it's a nice story and you've got it, you know, you're in a nice place and you deserve it. Yeah. You know? That being you're said, funny guy. But also, one hundred percent recognizing that I'm one of the most talented people that most people have ever met. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just, I, you know that's that's the other thing that underlies everything you're saying, and it's like the notion 
that you got a chance to do this and you got a chance to do that. If you didn't have it, you would be still yeah. at fucking Best Buy. You know, that's, yeah. and it's hard to tell people. Hey, I would be an Amazon driver. <laughs> <laughs> I bet by this time you would have got to UPS. Oh, you know, maybe. I don't you know, know. You would have, yeah. I mean, but Amazon drivers truck. get to wear what they want. They just throw the vest over. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to wear a uniform no more. But listen, but that, A, it's short. It's, True. you know, you probably look great in brown. Uh, and it's a, and you, there's no, you don't have to worry about it. You know, there's no question. Like, what am I going to wear today? You're going to wear the brown shorts and the little shirt and, you know, but, uh, I, listen, I don't think you should work for UPS. (laughs) Look, if I could, if I could just, I could just end this, you shouldn't work for UPS. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, I, I, uh, I, I do think, yeah, you, that's always to me when people say, follow your dreams, you can do it. It's like, it's always conditional based on, yeah, but you got to be able to do it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, and and I don't know what to tell people who are grinding away and not find, not making any traction. I don't know what to tell you, you know, yeah. because it's not for me to say, maybe you should think of doing something else, but, right. you know, <laughs> I, but it is like, it's hard. You got to have. You know, in addition, you, you just have to have the talent. And, yeah. uh, and even uh, if it's a little bit, you can have a tiny sliver of talent and, or just the understanding of what creates talent. Yeah. And then you can build on that. Like yeah, there yeah. is, there are people that are naturally gifted. There are people who, you know, it takes a ton of work. But like, I will say it's just like a piece of advice that people listening. It's like, you have to know where you are. Like, yeah. and I knew this, I knew that I could get to where I am right now. And I know from now I can get to the next place I want to be. But I also understand that to get to the place that I want to be, this version of me needs to do more work to get there. Whereas people think like, I'm good now. Why am I not running this show or why am I not a famous actor or whatever it is that you want to do? Why am I yeah, not yeah. exactly? It's like, you have to understand that the current iteration of you is going to get to the next level, but through work, but you now plopped into a successful thing is going to crash and burn. And once I yeah. kind of, I learned that early on, I was like, Oh yeah. So keep the ego of like, I am dope and I'm going to get there, but know that you have to get there. Yeah. Like you're not going to be dropped off there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's something, and I, like I said, I kept you and we're kind of like at the natural end of this thing, but there is something yeah. I wanted to talk about you with you yeah. because it was so fucking funny. The, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, Jersey Mike's. Oh yeah. 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 That you did. <laughs> yeah. Which for people that don't know, you made up a fake Jersey Mike's corporate sort of announcement that they were changing the name of BLTs to BLMs yeah. for bacon, lettuce, and mater. Is that what yeah, it was? Mato, yeah, yeah. but yes. Mato, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because it is like, but I, the, the, it's, and I mean, and people went fucking bananas about no, it. No, they and, lost and, it. And I mean, for, if you were looking for, if that was bait, holy <laughs> shit, so many people chomped down hard yeah. on that fucking thing. Yeah. But I did want to ask because- yeah. So much of what's happening now, and I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm a big fucking liberal, you know, uh, 
as people don't, you know, the, the leftists think I'm a corporate sellout or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. just because I'm old and sort of more I, realistic or I don't know, or yeah, just yeah. maybe cynical, I, you know, but there's so much about what's happening right now with race in this country that I yeah. don't even like with my Twitter account, I feel like it's best for me to retweet. Like, who yeah, yeah, am yeah. I to be saying stuff? And I mean, and I've heard older African-American people say, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was just saying, like, it's better to let the younger people. They're doing a great job of, of yeah. taking it. And I to make a joke in that sphere, in that yeah. kind of and like, it's so to me, it's like terrifying and i don't necessarily mean because yeah. i'm white and it's black but i mean right, but yeah. when you make it's a joke at, it's like it's yeah. like making a joke at a funeral you know right what I mean? yeah for sure and you just and have I, to be ready for whatever comes yeah and i mean <laughs> and and what is it about that like what draws you to make that kind of joke and to be like within this this yeah. fucking nightmare that's going on to be like hey come on let's let's fuck with yeah. jersey mics well I, I here's there's two things at play like Jersey Mike's like because I was thinking of all the sandwich companies because I had the idea for the BL like I the letters lined yeah, up and yeah, I was just yeah. like I have to pick a sandwich shop and it's just like Jersey Mike's just sounds like the wrong place you want to hear a message right, right, like right, you know what I mean right, like because right. even like Subway you would imagine they would actually do something because they've been in so much trouble and like Blimpy was too goofy and not enough people know what it is but I was like Jersey Mike's is just like. It still just sounds like a boardwalk. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing. But secondly, the realness of it is that I think that, like, you know, I think that so much of, like, the white experience for people in all of this has been black tragedy. It's, like, videos of George Floyd getting killed, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, you know, Tony McDade, um, Jesus Christ, the fact that I'm Elijah McClain. Like, yeah, I know. I mean, it's hard. Just, and it's and it's, I get I get confused as to which is which. That's what I'm saying. Because there's it's so like, many names. It's like, so is that many. the person that got shot on their porch or is that the person that got shot exactly. in, at the gas station? You know, right. it's exactly. Yeah. You know, like so there's so many. I don't even think I said George Floyd, but uh, but my bigger point being is that like it then became, you know, a little bit what you're saying, like I'm just going to retweet or I'm just going to listen and blah, blah, blah. And I and and you know there are and there are black people out there smarter than me who get it more who understand the complexity of this and i understand the complexity what i will say is that i know i don't have all the answers and i know that one thing i can contribute is humor and i also believe that like stepping out of the monolithic experience that's placed on black people to be sad constantly it's like of course we're sad of course we're mad but like we're also weirdos and we make jokes about things sometimes that we shouldn't in the same way that white people do or right. Latinx people do or Asian people do or gender queer people, whoever. And it's like I feel like we're sometimes taken with so much gravitas and it's like no we're still idiots. You know what I'm saying? Like some of us yeah. can still be idiots. Yeah. And I – now, I'm not saying I'm the person that people should be listening to, but I knew for me, I was like, I want to be funny in a moment 
that also speaks to this thing that we are going through. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, because I mean, I also did things where I like made up tweets where I said that black people needed white people to shave off their eyebrows to stand in solidarity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, because it did come to a point because it wasn't, and people thought I was like messing with like liberals. And to an extent, you have to because they're the ones who were doing it. But it was more just this idea that like people were willing to do anything except be like, we need to defund the police. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's the only answer to all of this right now. It, yeah. It's truly the laser focus of everyone. It should be. Yeah. So yeah, I was no. like, all right, if we're not doing that, then let's we might as well have a little bit of fun. And like, again, like a like. You know, people were like, wow, there's like art and all this stuff. And it's like, maybe, and I'm not, I'm truly not going to sit here and be pretentious enough to say like, that was my intention. My intention was to be funny and like moderately speak on a thing that's happening because that's the comedy that I love. That's why I love Wanda Sykes. It's why I like Chris Rock. It's why I like Dave Chappelle. It's why uh, I love uh, uh, Hassan Minaj and like all these people. It's like they all, and John Oliver, it's like, you know, even like I don't know if you watch any of the Andrew Schultz stuff online. Uh, he's a New York comic, but mm-hmm. he does like he essentially does like five minute on his own five minute weekly news recaps that are so funny and so spot on. You should check him out. If you I'll check any. it out. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, like they are using both skills to say something, yeah. you know, and like that was like. Again, I may not be that articulate, but I know Photoshop. I know how to make a joke. <laughs> and yeah. like, I know that I can do something with this. Well, I think it articulates it because the point was made by so many people. And it's, I think, among the points that you're making, it's the same point. Nobody wants a Golden Girls episode pulled. Nobody right. wants, uh, you know... I, I don't, I can't remember all the all the you know sort like of like community yeah, with Kim like, Jong. I was like he's not he's literally an alien. Like yeah. I, I, like there's you know like it's all the wrong answers. It's yeah. like use the money that you were doing for that right and put it into a candidate who was willing to defund the police. Yes, that's it. And it's performative corporate you know unity. Yeah, because it's now. But it also too, it's like a frustrating thing is like well now it's gotten just. Like George Floyd was such a breaking point. Kamau Bell was on here and we talked about it. Like it just, you can't even, even the fucking Steve Scalise or something at, at the, at the RNC is, is acknowledging that was a murder. Yeah. That was, that was horrifying yeah. and that was a murder. Yeah. And so it, that makes it okay for M&Ms to say, right. You know, yeah. We stand <laughs> with black people. Right. But they weren't saying that. You know, they weren't saying that with Mike Brown, you know, like right. it, it it takes it's just it's it's like you have to wait so long for this glacier to move to where right. it's OK for the people with the money to say it. And in many ways, I think that joke that you make makes the point in a way that sticks better than a, a hundred activists saying online, we don't want performative. We want real. Right. You know, and, and yeah. you know, and the, what you did showed it you know yeah, it well like, i think that i think that sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i think that and again it wasn't the intention so i'm not going to sit here and pretend that i'm like by any means this smart but i yeah. think good satire truly blends things in a way that you're taken aback right it's like yeah. the, it's like when Stephen colbert was doing the colbert report the 
they used to do like uh, test, you know, focus groups with conservatives and with liberals. And liberals always thought Stephen Colbert was making fun of li- or liberals always thought he was making fun of conservatives, but conservatives thought he was making fun of liberals by showing that they couldn't handle someone like this aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's why it's so good because yeah. he weirdly has unified everyone, though they don't know they're unified with different intentions. Yeah. And so like that's where I it, it that Jersey Mike thing kind of ended up is that like, oh, it landed in the sense that people got that it was like corporate performative BS, but also, once they realized it was a joke, realized that's what the intent was, you yeah. know. But at first, actually got mad at it, and because they actually got mad, they realized they were sick of corporations saying this. Stuff. Yes, Does that yes. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'll keep on fucking with people, man. All right, man. It's, it's pretty dream, fun, man. Tom Green, twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's yeah. favorite. Everyone's favorite prankster. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me. It's Dog, great to see you and me. talk to you, you. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, honestly, these taping these things because I get to pick and choose who I get to talk to. It's like yeah. it's like a play date, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, I, instead of just like you know staring at the walls i get to talk to you for a while so it was really fun made my day it's better than finding a coffee shop where we have to do the whole like oh can you believe it and the the parking Uh, it's like we get to the real right right well and also too it's like a format where i get to ask you probing personal questions and it doesn't seem rude you know right yeah yeah but next time we go to coffee you gotta ask something oh i'm gonna yeah (laughs) And uh, please, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Fucking, oh, buddy. I'll spill I'll my questions. fucking guts. Yeah. I, I'm going to do a podcast where I'm just talking about the questions I'm going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Yasser Lester, thank you so much. And uh, thank all of you. I thank all of you out there for listening. And uh, come back next week where I'll be talking to somebody. No, well, probably not. But. got a big, big love. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.